Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them by Zoom Monday, October 3rd. We had an in-depth discussion of the Extraordinary Congress of the IBA, which was held September 25th in Armenia. This Congress was a complete debacle and only sets the stage for IBA suspension from the IOC being turned into expulsion and boxing being completely dropped from the Olympic program starting in 2028. Since we recorded the show, there has been another development which will likely only hasten Olympic boxing's demise. Going against the recommendations of the IOC and what virtually every other international Olympic federation has done following Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, IBA will now allow boxers from Russia and Belarus to compete under their own national flags and identities, playing their national anthems for tournament winners. We also discussed the implications of this for both professional and amateur boxing. Here is that discussion. Welcome back to the War Room, my beautiful people and fight fans from all around the world. We are here today to give you the update on the IBA Congress. That was just what Eddie calls a debacle because it was a mess. It is still a mess. And uh, we kind of want to touch base a little bit on the response from USA Boxing, uh, the CEO, Mr. Bob McAtee. And then, of course, we're going to kick it off to my sister, Melissa Smith. She is a women's boxing historian. And we're going to give you guys an update on women's boxing. But first, let's go right to Eddie, because this is the hot breaking news today. What do you got, Eddie? Yeah, the the IBA Congress, extraordinary Congress, they called it on September 25th, was more proof that you can't understand what's going on in boxing and combat sports and sports in general without a good understanding of the world situation, of world politics, beyond just what's going on in the, the sports arena, who's winning and who's losing and that sort of thing. What you saw, I called it a debacle. By the way, a friend of mine used that word in a text to me like a day or two before. So I said, oh, I'm going to, it's a good word to use for this. What went on basically was IBA is just like uh, their uh, pals Putin. They're losing, they're getting desperate, they're getting isolated. And so they lash out 
and they try to get more aggressive in that situation. The stuff that went on the Congress has been gone over many, many times, uh, not so much in the uh, American boxing media, which thinks the the world is flat beyond uh, the borders of the United States and you fall off the edge of the earth if you, you deal with it. But a lot of the, the Irish and the British and a lot of the, the media there, the general media and the boxing media is, have uh, have talked about this. There was They had to hold this because a couple of months ago, I think it was in May, when they had their election for president, they illegally disqualified Boris Vandevorst from running against the current president, Umar Kremlev, on specious grounds. That was overturned by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So what they said, they okay, they can have another one to decide if they'd have a new vote. And most people thought they'd have another vote. And frankly, if they held it, because Kremlev has been running around all over the Middle East and Africa and a lot of places, throwing a lot of money around, opening academies, providing equipment, doing all these types of things. He would have gotten enough votes because it's one federation, one vote. It's not based on the strength of the federation. So the the U.S. or England federations have one vote, just as the St. Lucia and Malawi do. And how many federations are there, Eddie? Um, I don't know the the number, but I I think there were like a hundred and fifty something at the Congress. That number changed, by the way, because the power went out. Kremlin had said, "Let's hold it in Yerevan, Armenia, because of the great organization skills that they have." <laughs> And what happens is about a half hour into the Congress, the power goes out for about an hour, and they said it was a faulty cable. This is in a pretty major building that's held professional and amateur boxing, international concerts. The Victor Chinian, I think, fought there. A lot has gone on there, and yet the power still went out. And and when it came back, it wasn't that. It apparently did not go out deliberately because they continued. The number of federations who were at Congress went up from 127 to 151 in that hour. And they said, oh, it was because people arrived late. And that included federations who, who were uh, voting online through their through their Zoom link. But one federation that wasn't there was the Boxing Federation of Ukraine that the Russian-led IBA wouldn't let in. And this, again is no coincidence that we're talking about Russia and Ukraine. And please follow what's going on as Ukraine fights to liberate itself from this this terrible, illegal uh, invasion by Putin, where the Russians are committing war crimes every single day. And they did it on the pretext of government interference in the work of the National Federation. And what really happened was that the IBA recognizes Volodymyr Protovas as the head of the Ukrainian Boxing Federation. And he was, quote, elected. And again, this is like a Putin-style election in December 21. And they had a vote where they didn't have the re- required minimum number or quorum of regions being present to participate. It was several short 
but they held the vote anyway, and he was, quote, elected. And in Ukraine, the Ministry of Justice said, uh-uh, that we don't recognize that. And they recognized Kirillo Shichenko as head of the Federation. And they did this. So two days before the Congress, uh, Kremlev's people suspends the Ukrainian Boxing Federation with no hearing. And this is supposed to be taken up by an IBA Congress. This is a violation of the, the IBA's own rules, but they did this anyway. So then they went on and they were going to vote whether to hold a vote. And instead of holding the vote, there was an overwhelming vote not to hold a new vote for president. That is crazy. And, and also something that isn't talked about and I think is, is just almost as important. When they disqualified Vandervos, they also disqualified five uh, of his people who were part of the Common Cause Alliance, the reformist group of many boxing federations, the U.S., England, uh, Ireland, and, and many other countries. And they did not even schedule a new vote for the board of for the board of directors, which makes a lot of these types of decisions. So they they finally held uh, the vote and it was overwhelmingly against holding a new election, 106 against the new election, just 36 in favor of it and four abstentions. And the IOC was not happy at all because this exposes just openly the undemocratic nature mm -hmm. of IBA. And, you know, there's an undemocratic nature of the IOC in general, this self-appointed group. So they're not ones to, to brag about this. But this was just this was just blatant. And they talked about disturbing developments. They talked about that there was no election, kicking out the Ukrainian Boxing Federation two days before the Congress, that what they call the chaotic circumstances of the voting procedure. And the IOC statement said, following these disturbing developments, the IOC executive board will have to review fully the situation at its next meeting. And this, this will be in early December. So it does not look good at all for the IBA because already they've been stripped of the right to organize the boxing at the Paris 2024 Olympics. Boxing is not on the program for the 2028 Los Angeles Olympics. And it looks like this is adding fuel to the arsenal of those people in the Olympic movement. They just want to get rid of boxing. They just want to get be done with it completely. It's obviously one of the most dangerous, probably the most dangerous, bloody sport with the, the most deaths that go on. A lot of the people in the Olympic movement just don't like combat sports, violent sports. And now you have a situation where the Russia has basic, along with Belarus, is basically persona non grata in the Olympic movement. The IOC said athletes in those countries should not be allowed to participate in Olympic Federation events. Or, or if they are without their own uh, flag or anthem, just as neutrals. And now you have 
Kremlev, who was who was an old someone who's been in Putin's camp for a long period of time, saying, "Well, he said this after the Congress. Well, we should allow everybody to compete under their own flag. Basically, he wants to bring back right. Russian Russian boxers, and you should also understand who who he is." that there's a lot of documentation, including in a new report on world corruption, which we'll mention at the end, that that Kremlin had reportedly been, quote, a member of Putin's bikers, the Night Wolves, a nationalistic bunch of rockers, unquote. And he, quote, was involved with the Russian mafia gang in the 2000s. It looks like IBA is going to try to get some more money from somewhere else because it's unclear whether this Gazprom, which is the the Russian largely owned um, energy giant, that their sponsorship is probably going to end at the end of the year. And it's interesting that they working with the Saudi Arabian Boxing Federation and one of the speakers who spoke remotely in English, the Congress was in had five languages, English, French, Spanish, Russian, and Arabic. Uh, Abdullah Al-Harbi, who we've mentioned before, spoke and was just very enthusiastic about not holding a, a new election. And he was someone we mentioned during the uh, Usyk-Joshua rematch because he was re- representing the Saudi Arabian Boxing Federation in that event. And there's there are pictures of him at the press conference just when they had the, some of the face-offs between Usyk and Joshua with Al Harbi and, and Eddie Hearn. So it does not look good at all for the IBA and Olympic boxing. What happens next? There are a lot of different things that might happen. And one thing that also has emerged is that USA boxing put out a whole uh, response to these articles that were on the Inside the Games uh, website that were basically reported a lot of this stuff and then said at the end, I think they've had three so far. Well, look, uh, Kremlin got these overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, uh, uh, this overwhelming amount of votes. Maybe the IOC should, uh, should deal with them. Maybe they, you know, there's a lot of support for him. So bring him back, give him a chance and and all this stuff. And USA Boxing put out a long letter that refuted these, what inside the games writers said point by point, and then pointed out something very, very interesting. And I'll just say that this letter was sent out by a press release to the boxing media, and I know the publicist said <laughs> that I got it from Bob Trigger has everybody's name on this list, and wow. he's been around for many, many years. And I only found one website that even mentioned this, let alone publishing it. And it looked like one of these aggregated sites that just that just posts everything. And I'm just going to read this about what they call the relationship between inside the games. And Umar Kremlev, and they, and they yeah. write, and and you could check this out on the link that the public documents indicate that inside the games has an undisclosed 
business relationship with Umar Kremlev, which has resulted in the placement of Kremlev's associates on Inside the Games Board of Directors. And they mentioned Zana Abdulian, former head of international relations of the Russian Boxing Federation, and Maxim Kotkov, head of a regional boxing federation in Russia. Wow. And, and they give a link, and there are other links. You could just Google this. And they also go from the public sources. It also appears that Vox Europe Investment Holding LLC, a Hungarian company, is a majority stakeholder of Inside the Games, which is in turn owned by FT Toxo Park, a taxi leasing company registered in Russia. <laughs> Taxi Listen company, to this. A taxi company. Records oh, indicate that Taxo Park was owned by Kremlev personally in 2021 when the deal with Inside the Games was concluded. That's when Inside the Games was bought. Oh, Current business records show that FT Taxo Park's directors, stockholders include Maxim Kotkov. And then you could also look up. It's also listed that Kotkoff is currently the CEO of this FT Taxo Park, also head of a regional boxing federation in Russia, and according to USA Boxing, on the Inside the Games Board of Directors. So all of a sudden, these articles appear on Inside the Games saying, uh, give Kremlev a chance. He's really not that bad. He has a lot of support, all this type of stuff. And... This is followed by the so-called boxing media with silence. I didn't see, I didn't even see an acknowledgement of this article on boxing scene, which is part of Paramount CBS uh, on ESPN, which of course, you know, it's hooked up with top rank on ring magazine, which is owned by Oscar De La Hoya's people, Anywhere, any of these other, any of these other sites didn't even mention this controversy, and even say we've asked inside the games. You know, they'd have to say this. We'd have to ask inside the games for comment right. or whatever. And only this one, this one kind of weird aggregator site that got the press release and just slapped it up there. And we're mentioning it, so. This is a situation that we're facing, and it looks like we're heading to a day of reckoning because the, the IBA has really intensified its battle with the IOC, and the question is, is the IOC going to blink, which looks kind of unlikely. They are looking for a way to get uh, Russian athletes back in the Olympic movement, and they came up with an unwieldy, really impossible plan that Thomas Bach said at a recent um, in media reports, we want to have Russian athletes who are against the war participate. Well, there's a real problem with that because it's it's illegal in Russia to come out against the war, even though tens of thousands of people are fleeing Russia since they started this this draft, which you're calling a mobilization. There were pictures of these miles long lines of cars uh, leaving right. Russia for neighboring countries because they know what what this draft means. They're going to send these young men, apparently they're only drafting men, to the front lines, untrained, unprepared, and use them as cannon fodder. 
in there, the horrible illegal war in Ukraine, and people just want to get the hell out of there. But to openly oppose this is is a crime, and you could get a, a severe jail sentence. So how can athletes do this? It, just, it seems that the IOC, there may be people in the IOC who really want to cave. Right. So where this all heads, it's not heading anywhere good. It could lead to a split. Uh, Kremlev talked about we shouldn't say Olympic boxing. We should say IBA boxing and England boxing and others. And, and Van der Voest have been talking about, well, we want to get back in the Olympics with or without IBA. So there just could be a rupture, but it would take a long time right. to create another international federation with enough uh, enough affiliates around the world to be considered by the the ILC. Right. And they just might throw their hands up and say, we don't need this sport anymore. So we'll we'll see where this goes. But as as I wrote also, it's a story that does not look like it's gonna have a, a happy ending. So no, and, and you know, within the number of uh of organizations that voted even against going to election, it does not bode well for putting together an alternative mm-hmm organization because who would support it and you know the fact is that any olympic team has quotas and has folks joining those teams that from all over the world there are only a limited number of seats or places available to box right but you know the thing with all of this what nobody's talking about is how devastating this will be to the young men and young women Uh who are already on their national teams are gearing up for the Olympics in 24 want to be able to, or younger people who are in the JOs now who have their eyes on 2028. Right. Not a care or concern for any of those people. And the fact that this will absolutely devastate women's boxing. Absolutely. If we look at where we have come from 2012 to today in this 10-year period of time. It's because of Olympic boxing. It's because of Olympic boxing. And anyone you talk to will tell you the exact same thing. It is absolutely because of that. And there is state money, federal, you know, there's money being invested in these programs across the world or amateurs precisely because of the fact that there's an opportunity to win Olympics. Sure, how great to win, you know, international titles. It does not have the cachet of the Olympics. And for women in boxing in particular, this is particularly devastating. Right. And I, I find it absolutely shameful that there is not one word of what this will do to the athletes. This is all about money and politics and nothing about the athletes themselves. Absolutely shameful truly is but speaking of women's boxing let's talk about i think well, there was some, i think there were some good fights on i watched some uh women's muay thai well i mean the weekend. big the big thing to talk about is jackie nava jackie la princesa azteca nava <laughs> who is 42 years old wow she started fighting when she was 21 years old. So half of her life, wow. she has been a boxer. She ended her career on uh, October 1st, on the night of October 1st, in a 10-rounder. 
And then uh, against a, a very credible opponent, Gloria Elena Yankakeo. Uh -huh. I'm sorry if I've destroyed that name. My my apologies. Right. We're terrible at names. Uh, through, you know, got the uh, the UD win and nice. came and said, and that was her swan song. That was her last fight. She ends her career 44 and four. Wow. So she retired on that note. She retired. That was her last fight. All right. It was oh, held in Tijuana where she has done a lot of her fights in the past. And you want to talk about a career of a person that deserves to be on the first ballot of the of the International Boxing Hall right, of Fame. Right. Jackie Nava exemplifies that. She's a superb athlete. And P.S. She's a congresswoman in Mexico. Get out of so, here. Yeah. So, you know, this is an extraordinary woman. We we tap tip our hat. Right, she's been is. An inspiration to women in Mexico, in Argentina, all over the world wow. who have known of her career. And she has fought the best of the best fighters such as uh, Mariana Juarez, Barbie Juarez. They had a really amazing uh, rivalry between them when they have had their fights. This is all at super bantamweight. She has fought Marcela Eliana Acuna. She's fought American fighters like Alicia Ashley. I mean, she's been fighting for 21 years, right? right? right. So she was a little teeny tiny baby when she started in 2001 nice. and actually had her first fight in the United States in Honolulu. Nice. So uh, that was, she's really uh, extraordinary and we really have to uh, salute her. And yes, there were other great fights, mostly uh, in Mexico. And there was a great fight in, in Uruguay. There was a fight in Mexico, fights in uh, in Argentina. So, uh, but what we have to look forward to are some, you know, of course we have our giant card on uh, October 15th. That's mm -hmm. just two weeks away, less than two weeks away now with, um, you know, uh, with, Claresta Shields and Michaela Meyer at the head of that card. We can fully expect that boxing Twitter will be on fire on fire by next week when we get into all the media stuff and everything else. But there's other boxing going on. UK this weekend on uh, on on the sixth is I'm sorry on the seventh is going to have a, a female card, a female main event. Where? Who? What? You know, when? A woman named you know, Lauren Parker fighting Esmeralda Guyana um, for just a baby belt. But it's main it's event people right, in right. UK. Wow. Um, you know, we're going to have uh, Ellie Scottney is going to be back in the ring on, on Saturday the 8th. Shannon Courtney is going to have a fight. Um, so we have an even showtime da -da 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 -da, on the 8th is going to have a female bout. So about time. About time, Stephen Espinosa. Yeah, that's great. Gabriela uh, Fandora is going to be fighting. So against uh, Naomi Reyes, just, you know, 10 by two, not for a belt. Right. But that is great to see. So thank you, Showtime, for putting that on. I'm right assuming on. this is not a PBC card because we know how that works. We know how but, they are. But uh, that's really excellent. And our girl, Heather Hardy, is fighting. She is Yay. finally getting back in the ring. She's fighting on uh, October 13th in a local show uh, uh, in New York City at the Sony Theater, just a six by two. 
with Calista Salgado, who in her last bout fought Melissa St. V uh, about a month ago. So right. you know, a little bit of cannon fodder there, but right, right. it's great for Heather to get back. She's 40. <laughs> but here's the cool thing. Um, it's being promoted by Boxing Insider, which is a New York-based group. And this is their first promotion. Their and- promotions team? I thought Boxing Insider was a publishing company. Yeah, well, yeah it is. But they have just gotten uh, their their promotion license. Larry, who's the owner well, of that. All right, Larry. So they are promoting this, and Heather is helping doing the promotion and the production. What? So this is something, you know, that's really good for Heather. And, you know, they've got Lou DiBella sitting on top, helping them. Right. Sort of guide, as a guiding... Uh, as their mentor. He's as a guiding mentor. Exactly. Right. Going, hey... This is great because yep. they want to bring Broadway box, boxing back to New York and really right. kind of bring back that momentum of uh, club fights back into right. the city. You know, part of the problem with boxing in New York City is uh, New York State has really uh, put in a lot of onerous insurance requirements mm-hmm. and other things, in part because they're, you know, to keep boxers safe, but it makes it harder for the smaller promoters to be able to put on shows. So there's a real desire to figure out figure that out, but also to give an opportunity to local talent, whether it's amateurs turning pro or pros who are, you know, still out here and still really viable as opponents. So I love club shows. I love club shows too. So uh, anybody in, you know, in hearing it's going to be at the Sony hall in New York city on 42nd street. And there are still some tickets available. So you might want to do that. And if you want to do Heather a solid, give a call over to Gleason's gym and, and buy it through her so you know right, she gets you go. she gets that because you know look doesn't matter how big the commission hell it doesn't matter how big you are if you're a woman in boxing you gotta put right. fannies in the seats that's don't right. kid yourself you have tickets that have to be sold that's right so um that's what's happening um anyway so as i said just get ready for a really huge week starting to ramp up with a lot of excitement for Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, Michaela Mayer and Alicia Baumgartner, right. and some fighters like Caroline Dubois, who's a, a British fighter, came in with a strong amateur record. We'll see how she's doing. Ebony Jones is going to fight. Shannon Ryan, our own Ginny Fuchs, who was captain of the uh, 2020 uh, or 2021 uh, and 2016 uh, Olympic boxing teams for the United States. And what's really cool is that Clarissa, uh, Michaela, and Ginny were the team in 2016. Yeah, I saw so that photo. There's some really, there's some real excitement around that. And again, just saying back to our earlier discussion, how important um, boxing, women's boxing, what the debt it owes to Mm -hmm. the opportunities it's had because of the olympics um and we we have to do all we can to save it and to give amateur opportunities to these women um whether it's in the united states or the united kingdom in ireland which have active uh olympic committees that are really committed to this but all over the world people we really have to help them out exactly all right, folks. Well, look, uh, you guys want to cover anything else before we sign off for today? Yeah, one one other thing, and this show will probably be up after this this event is held. But there's 
with all the corruption in sports in the world, there's a, a movement against it to create some type of world anti-corruption agency similar to WADA, but would deal with corruption in sports in general. And the first of the events that's going to be discussing this, which I posted a link on Twitter. Hopefully, if you can't catch it live, it will be they'll they'll put up the the video of this is on uh, Tuesday, October fourth, and it's called "Fighting Corruption in Sports." There's a whole long report on this by uh, one of the journalists that Grit Hartman wrote, and you could read all this stuff. All this stuff is online. They're having a number of speakers at this event including Maximilian Klein of the uh, German Athletes Group, uh, Declan Hill, the investigative journalist and uh, academic who I had on a couple of years ago discussing the whole Kinahan situation, uh, Jens Sire Anderson, the international director of Play the Game, Paulina Tomchik of EU Athletes, and a number of other speakers, and they want to create this internationally. So look this up. And again, if you can't make it uh, live or if this is past, uh, this takes place afterwards, um, go go try to check this out. They have a website, stopcorruptioninsports.eu. And the main force behind this, if you also want to look her up, is uh, Viola von Kramen, who is a member of the European uh, Parliament, re representing the German Greens. And again, with all the discussion of Russia, if you're familiar with the U.S. Greens and their pro-Putin stance and all this, that that's sort of an outlier in, in the Green movement. And th the Greens are actually part of the German government, which is giving a lot of support to Ukraine, fighting to... Uh, defend themselves against uh, the Russian aggression. So there's a lot going on with this, and it, it's, it'll take several years for this to come to fruition, to figure out who's going to do it, what to do, to get the finances down. But these are discussions that have to take place, because as I said before, you cannot deal with corruption in boxing and combat sports separate from that of corruption in other sports, and that can only be done internationally because we're dealing with international sports. And this is the beginning of an international effort to do just that. So find a way to support it, follow it in one way or another. It's going to affect us all. And so check that out. Stop corruption in sports EU. Nice. We need to stop corruption in sports USA also. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what it, that's what it's. Yeah, that's what it's part of. I right. mean, Declan Hill, although he's Canadian, teaches uh, about corruption and the fight against it at the uni at University of New Haven in Connecticut. So mm -hmm. there's there's a whole international aspect to this. Right on. Well, we need more of that, please. Thank you very much. All right. So look, let's wrap this up, folks. All right, Eddie, tell the people where they can find you, my brother. Yeah, well, I post a lot on Twitter at NHB News. 
You could go to my Patreon page, which is where I had the article on the IBA Congress being a debacle at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Uh, subscribe to that. Support independent journalism. We constantly expose all the, the garbage and the and the lies and the uh, obfuscations and the mainstream journalism. And this is this is journalism that's independent. So subscribe to it and my website, eddiegoldman.com. Right on. All right, Melissa, tell everybody where they can find you, baby. Okay. Well, on Twitter and uh, Instagram, I am at Girl Boxing Now. I, my website is girlboxing.org. I really hope you can check it out. And hey, look, buy the book, History That's of Women's right. Boxing. You can find it on Amazon. And check out her Thank latest you. article on the BBC. Is that on the BBC newspaper? No, it's on iNewspaper. Yeah, <laughs> iNewspaper. Yeah. I tried you to boost you up there. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd be you're, nice. You're, but right. no. you're getting there, baby. You're getting there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, folks, you guys can hit me up on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio and on Instagram at Fight Goddess Fitness. You guys, thanks for tuning in. We're here talking about important stuff, okay? important stuff so please support please follow please support independent journalism because my people over here are doing important work all right let's go i'll see you guys the next time peace love and push.